Whole Foods Market knows that wellness doesn't look the same for everyone. For some people, it's shopping for fresh produce and organic ingredients to cook with. For others, wellness looks like stocking up on chef-prepared meals ahead of a busy week. It's supplements. It's taking some me time with a new hydrating face mask or a well-deserved bath bomb soak in the tub. Whatever wellness looks like to you, you can find it at Whole Foods Market. And that includes guidance. Ask a team member and they'll do their best to point you in the right direction. Be healthy. Be happy. Be whole at Whole Foods Market. Hello out there, this is Cami White, and you're listening to Rushdown Radio. Hey, what's your bring up to Rushdown Radio? I am Crom from Fire Emblem. <laughs> you didn't tell me we were doing that. I decided to do it at the last second. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> and, who are you, and who are you? Bowser from Super Mario Land. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys, to a, an episode about the 3DS, um, the beloved handheld console from nintendo um this will probably be the last year that they're going to do anything with it probably i think this is going to be it like this is this is the end of an era i mean it's it's been here for a while we've we've started the show that when it came out you right and it's coming february 26 2011 like that's when this thing was birthed like we've been doing this for a minute and the 3ds has been there the whole time and it ain't always been great. It's not. Um, I think the final game will definitely be, uh, Persona Q2. I think that's it after that. I don't think they make yeah, I don't think any- it has a, re- uh, a release schedule after that. Yeah, it's the last game. It's the last song. Tiny violin play in the background. Man, I'm about to see what they got up for 3DS. Come out this for, year. Yes, for 2019. <laughs> so we already have Bowser and Luigi's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey. Uh-huh. Uh, we got Etrian Odyssey Nexus coming out Tuesday. Yep. Yokai Watch 3 coming out a few days after that. Mm-hmm. Kirby's Epic Yarn, which is a re-release. And uh, that's about it. Besides Persona Q2. Yikes. It's the end of an era. This hurts. <sighs> So we decided that seeing that this beloved console would be seeing his last days this year, we want to talk about how it all started and how we got here. Because it wasn't all great. Nope. Because we was talking the most shit about the thing when it first dropped. I mean, it was trash when it dropped. <laughs> so let's talk about, first of all, how much it was when it first came out. Man. Was it like 250 or something? Yes. <laughs> it, it was like $250. <laughs> That's a lot of money for a handheld console. Like they were out of their minds at that point. It has 3D features. I'm about to find the exact figures because who boy, the <laughs> prices were, those were some oofs. Oofs. <laughs> Let's see. 25,000 yen. In, uh, Japan, of course. Uh huh. 250 over here in America. That's a lot. And in New Zealand? Alright. <laughs> That's a big number, but I know it's, it's just because conversion rates. Yeah. 349.95 in New Zealand. That's a lot still. Yeah. 250 at that point. Could you have gotten a, um, 
A PS, well, no, PS3 was still, bro. No, PS3, you could have got a PS3 for like 250 mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. It's a lot of money. And the launch titles were not that great. No, they weren't. I was actually, um, one of the earlier adopters. I remember having my blue one with those really ugly edges and it felt <laughs> terrible in hand. <laughs> I, for reference, I have been with the 3DS since its beginning and to its end. So I've had at least one of every iteration except the 2DS because that thing was awful. It was ugly and a, a waste of time. I don't know why they... But the first one, it felt kind of weird in hand because the edges were just like, why? Um, I mean, it played games just fine, but then when you had to launch titles... <sighs> let's see. Uh, I'm just going to say the good ones because... <laughs> And we're only going to talk about the ones that came from North America because not all the launch titles came from North America. Of the 14 that launched, I think three didn't come. And um, of the ones that did, the ones that I guess were the best, let's see. Bust a Move Universe. Who could, that, who could talk bad about Bust a Move? It's a Bust great move game. And great game. Um, Lego Star Wars 3, which is a port that you can play on other consoles, which looked way better. Yikes. I mean, we, we're looking for games that could have... I guess push consoles. Rayman 3D, I guess. <laughs> the fact you said I guess tells me that I was not like a yeah. console seller. Professor Layton didn't even come out in America. What? I didn't know that. Yikes. That's trash. Yikes. That could have been a console pusher. Yeah, it really could have been. People, People love that series. They really do. Man, the fuck? <laughs> Ridge Racer 3D. People love Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer is decent. Um, Super Monkey Ball 3D, which didn't come out in Japan. All right. That's weird. But the one that's moved consoles the most was Super Street Fighter 4. You lying. I'm not. You lying. Of the ones, what, what was beating it? Nintendo Dogs plus Cats? Yes. That's the only first party thing. Well, no, that's not true. I think Pilot Wings Resorts was also a first party. Ew. But my point is, what else is pushing more? The Street Fighter. Um, probably that Nintendo's game. Let me pull up figures. <laughs> now you have to pull up figures? You're trying to pull my car. <laughs> I ain't going. Well, when you find out the truth, let me know. Because I'll be here waiting. We need numbers. We need hardcore. Ever- you need to receipts. Because <laughs> I'm not about to sit here and have you tell me that people would rather pet a dog than yes. fight people on the train. Um, are, have you? They probably even had a. No, I'm almost certain it had a bigger advertisement budget because uh, I remember a lot of the advertisers talking about how you could play on the go and you could like collect people's figures and get their ghosts to fight them and stuff. And like it was, it was a big deal. They were really pushing for that. Man, I don't remember that. I remember Nintendo's having a big deal. Well, I remember that being a big deal because, you know, that at least had a history on the handhelds because yeah. that was on the DS. That yep. was People love that game. I will not lie. I am one of those people. So why are you so incredible to believe that Nintendo was selling consoles back because then? Because that ain't no Street Fighter. What is you saying? Because Street Fighter had a big deal on Nintendo. What? That's number one. Name 10 Street Fighters on Nintendo that ain't Street Fighter 2. Yup. <laughs> Moving on. Because we could have this back and forth all day. But this is not about this game. This is about Nintendo and the 3DS and how we need to get with a proper send-off. Yeah. While you arguing. Who? Me? 
And after that little launch period, it, it, it struggled. Yeah. Especially because a lot of people were also reporting that that 3D function was not very good on the eyes. Oh my God, it was horrible. Oh. And, and they're right. <laughs> that 3D function was terrible. <laughs> it would mess your eyes was, up. Which really hurt justifying the price because you're paying 250 for a feature that most people want off. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not good at all. No, no, it isn't. But there, there will be a saving grace around September. And, uh, first of all, they gave that thing a price cut. Yes, for price cuts. They, hey, who? They slashed those prices. They were like, man, we just gonna have to take the loss. I mean, they were gonna get the money back eventually, which they yeah, did. Oh, oh, did they ever? <laughs> Cause that was a smart, whoever decided to do that, kudos to you. Hopefully you got a raise. Hopefully you got a vacation day that day. Cause it went from 250 to 170. That was such a huge knock of, off and of people price. People thought that that was gonna be like some kind. I'm sorry. That was in July that happened. And oh, people, really? Yes. And people thought that that was gonna be, I, I guess, a big hit or it's going to be a temporary sale. No, that was the price. That was the new price. That was it. That was the new thing for the 3DS. And it helped so much because I'm like, okay, I can do this. That along with the ambassador program. Ah, yes. Where you get 10 NES games and 10 Game Boy Advance games. Keep that Game Boy Advance one in mind though. But they got 10 NES games. Some of the more prominent ones. I mean, who out here playing balloon fight? People uh, with good sense and culture. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just that was a weird choice. Why was it a weird balloon fight? Is lit. Sorry. Maybe not playing by yourself. You need people to play. You definitely need people to play balloon fight. Balloon fight gets lit. Donkey Kong Jr. Great choice. Metroid. Great choice. Of course. Super Mario Bros. Great choice. Legend of Zelda. Great choice. You can't go bad with any of those. And Yoshi. Now a choice. Now the Game Boy Advance games? Yes. Yo. F Zero Maximum Velocity. Yep. Fire Emblem the Sacred Yes. Stones, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. Good stuff. Mario Kart Super Circuit. Alright. We take those. We take that. That's pretty good. Uh, not that one. Metroid Fusion? Oh yeah. Super Mario Advance 3 Yoshi's Island. Mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. Okay. One of my favorites. One of my top three easily. Wario Land 4. Yeah, they did really that, well with this ambassador program. Like, it was a smart decision. It allowed people to get the nostalgia fix they needed because you can't have a Nintendo console about nostalgia element to it. It's just not the smartest thing to do. And then they start pushing out good games for it. Yeah. Like Super Mario 3D Land. Yeah, that was That's the, one of the best games on that console yeah. today. I think that was the one that really like pushed it. Didn't they have like a whole like, um, a bundle that came out that the holiday season? I, I believe think? so. I believe they did. Cause that was pushing units at that point. If y'all have not played Super Mario 3D Land, not world, land, y'all need to try it. Yeah, it's great. I it's remember playing it. It's pretty good. I mean, can you really go wrong with like modern day Super Mario Brothers games anyway? Yes. yes. I mean, at least handheld ones. Okay, no. Like, I haven't seen too many bad handheld Mario games. Yeah, at the best, they're just kind of meh. But, but even, even that then, is still fun. Yeah. So yeah, that was. Imp- I don't know why they didn't come out with a, a, a Mario game on launch like day one. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Look. Nintendo does not always make the best choices immediately. <laughs> they just somehow see the Wii U. Yikes. 
sweet. We should have did a, a service for that game, that that console too, because um, that that hurt me. I ain't got much to say about it. I got too much to say about that. I, I was a you early bought ado- that thing. I was an early adopter. I have bought so many games for that thing. I remember going to a uh, to an event for that thing, and it seemed cool. But uh, that tablet thing was ugly. It's big and bulky. Plus but anyway. the price wasn't right, but you know. Whatever. But anyway, this isn't about the, the Wii U. Cause this is about a good console. Oh, you bogus for that. You disrespectful <laughs> and you hateful and you negative <laughs> and you <laughs> wrong and you need to be stopped. Uh, Can't we, believe you even did that to me. We have fun. in my face, in, in front of my my just in front of my face. Just oh, did yo, that. Crom, calm down. Wow, he's calling me Crom. Anywho, back to the 3ds. <laughs> so we know that the Mario game definitely helped sales, and the Ambassador program definitely pushed it too. What were some other like really important titles that came out afterwards? That started like really selling it. Cause Man, look, that's hard because I played so many games, so many. Was it like a new Zelda game that came out on the 3ds? Was it one that came out? I think that at some point, no, that was um, that was around the time they did the new 3d. I think it was. No, it wasn't because then they tried to push off that that ugly side accessory. With the, with the second thumbstick. Oh, that thing was stupid. When, um, they was pushing out for oh, Kid Icarus and, Yuck. uh, uh, Resident Evil Revelations. Great game. So That's great. They keep re-releasing it. Didn't they have like, a whole typo on that game? Yes. I actually <laughs> still have the case where they had Revelations. <laughs> yes. That I remember picking it up day one and it had Revelations. Now that was that was just classic. I know a really important title for the 3DS. I think that's the XL though, but still 3DS nevertheless. Um, the Pokemon games, X and Y. I remember that. That's when I bought my 3DS for the first time, actually. Yeah, because those are console sales. Man, let's talk about how many different editions. <laughs> Three. Okay, man, I've had two. every time a game came out, a game <laughs> came out. There was some addition for it. Yep. And I can't even be mad. People bought them things up. Cause they kept improving it every time they came on a new one. Like, no, I'm talking about like how it, well, yeah, because some of those look crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the, uh, Pokemon X and Y 3DSs that came out, those were insane. I had the blue one. Like that thing that was, was my first one. That thing was so clean. It was. I needed it. Oh. 3DS. I was not expecting. Me love 3s like I did. Like it, it took a while, but I think. Oh, I know what happened with me. It was Fire Emblem. That's what started it all for me. Yeah. Man, Fire Emblem Awakening. Jesus Christ, the pandemonium for that game. I still have old Facebook stats about how hard it was to get a copy of that game. Like that game was selling out so quick. I couldn't get the special edition. I was really upset. I wanted the art book. Couldn't get it. Still mad to this day. Nintendo, I hate you for that. Yo. Yeah, I just had to throw it out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm just reliving traumas that I went through with Nintendo and this 3DS right now. And it's, it's, it's bubbling up feelings now that I didn't think was still there. Like, I remember how hard it was to get Fire Emblem Awakening when it came out. Like, I was having struggles because GameStop decided that they're going to sit there and cancel pre-orders. So upset. I had to go. Have someone pick it up for me at a Target not far from my house 
they had two copies. I was thankful because that game was hard to find, but that game helped me see the light. Cause I had, I don't think I really played a lot of Fire Emblems when I was younger, but Awakening just really just, I, I became obsessed with that series after that. That was it. Like I let it, I let game to death. It made 3S even I, more of a I great see. console. Yes. Yes. That's my favorite first party like franchise for Nintendo. It's, it's, it's Fire Emblem. Do you play with the permadeath? Of course not. I ain't crazy. <laughs> permadeath for people who likes, um, like killing uh, people. People who play permadeath want a cloud chaser. I already talked about that a while ago. Yo. I <laughs> a cloud chaser. Damn. Cloud chase though. Yep. Especially playing on hard mode and permadeath. Yep. You cloud chasing. Like you obviously want somebody to feel Oof. like you, I did it. I did. Look what I did. I played this game with the hardest difficulty and the hardest mode you possibly could play it on. Love me. Let's see what other what other big moves that they. Of course, they re-released Ocarina of Time. Of course, that I was mean, huge. People love that. That was a huge thing. Star Fox sixty four got re-released for it. <sighs> of course, we already talked about Super Mario three D Land. Great yeah. game. Great game. Always blessed. Blessed game. Man, there's so many games we could talk about pushing Mario Kart Seven. Oh, that, that came was, out that was really the good. holidays of 2011. Yeah, that was a good one. That might have been one of the other games that really started pushing. Oh, of course. Units. Of course. Mario Kart always pushes any console that Nintendo has out. That's automatic. People go and buy it just for that. You're right. Um, you know what I really liked about the 3DS? The what? fighting games were pretty good. Yeah, they weren't terrible. Like, speaking of, there was a uh, Tekken 3D. Tekken Prime, Prime was pre-lit. But it would pale in comparison to um DOA Dimensions. DOA Dimensions is one of my top favorite games on the 3DS. Like that game was really well done. I mean, we already knew the thing could play Street Fighter, so it couldn't do that terribly with other fighting games. But the way it did 3D fighting games, yeah, was it impressive. did. Oh, it was so good! And they put so much detail into it. They put so much heart and like they put extra content into it. Oh, it was so good. I think. Dimension might be one of my favorite DOA games. It's on my like top five easily. And of course, from there, it just went up and up and up for the 3DS because then they re-released the 3DS XL, oh, which yes. solved a lot of the problems with oh, the original 3DS. Just about all the problems, like it did better processing. Yeah, it was bigger for hands like mine, Massive which ones. are gargantuan. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do have some some huge mitts. And to get a bigger system to play this on with a bigger screen. Yeah. It's wonderful. Remember when came with a new 3DX XL? <sighs> <laughs> and people thought that it was going to divide the fan base because only certain games could play on there. Well. Well, play well, I would say. Yeah, like Hyrule Warriors. Ooh. Yeah, there was no reason to get it on anything besides that because I saw how it played on other consoles. Yeah. I can have that. Yeah, if you play on any other older um, 3DS models, it wasn't playing good at all. That, that frame uh, rate was terrible. Xenoblade Chronicles came out for it. And while I'm not a big fan, you know, it totally helped push units. It definitely did. Cause it was, cause the first version of that game on the Wii was like super hard to find. So having a handheld version of it. However, when I think of the new 3DS XL, I also think of a lot of the, the, the two words that I feel kind of lurk in the back of the release and the life of the 3DS. And what's that? Wasted potential. Yikes. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you mean by that? So yeah, I remember I, I talked about those 10, uh, GBA games, right? Uh huh. 
Why would no more released after that? Because <laughs> they we got, got the money. So many NES ports, and you know I can't even say so many. Like we got a drip feed of NES games, but the Game Boy Advance, you, you didn't get nothing. Nothing. I love the Game Boy Advance. So yeah, because much. there's so many games. It's such a and, great and, console. And, and, I promise you, I would have bought every single <laughs> one. All y'all put them? Sonic Advance on there? Yes. Bought. Y'all put uh, Mega Man Zero on there? Bought. Yeah. Y'all put... Man, I might have even bought them terrible KOF ports. Bought. Yikes. But Yikes. not only did y'all put the NES stuff on there, y'all decided to put the SNES stuff on there. I mean, it's a beloved console. And I won't argue that. But one of the arguments that people were saying, oh, we can't process it. Me, 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 me. can't do it. It's impossible. Me, me, me. So y'all gonna sit here and tell me that, y'all, that this thing can play Super Nintendo titles, of which I bought several, if not all of them. I think there was some I missed out on, but not the point. <laughs> y'all telling me y'all could do that just fine, but you can't put on the Grand Boy Advance games? Nope. Y'all know how quick I would have bought Fire Red and Leaf Green again? That would have been my third time playing it. I don't even care. <laughs> don't care. You never do when it comes to Pokemon. Sure don't. Junk. That's that's just a thing with you. So Look, man. I, I've only declared that one game I wasn't going to buy, and I didn't. But I have it. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about it. That's not even. That's why, why would we do that? But my point is, I bought it. I might never even played it, but I bought it. But <sighs> I'm trying to get some other games for 3ds that I really liked. Um, oh, one of my games of the year was um, what was it? Seven Dragon. Kovf third, that was like a real. That was one of the games I didn't expect to love until I played it, and it became one of that my game favorites. Was- that game was something. Extremely hard. Oh yeah. Like, it was one of those games where it's like, oh, you think you're good at RPGs, right? <laughs> Fool. And it wasn't one of those games where it was like, hard because it was like, what's the word? Not, um, it wasn't cheap. It was like, you need to strategize better. And I like games like, games like that that just make you. You think you know strategy? Yeah. Like those games cool. do that. Oh my God. The re-release of, um, what was it? Fire Emblem, uh, Shadows of Valentia. That game was gorgeous and great and awesome because it was better than those stupid, crappy, trash. <sighs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Fire Emblem Fates. I like them. I hate both of those damn games. <laughs> like both of them can die rot. Those games were trash. Those games were, oh, it's like, how you go from Awakening and you play those games? Like, well, how? How did you, how did we get here? Like Awakening definitely revitalized the franchise and Fates just, oh God, it was just, first of all, I made you buy three different games, which was trash. Yeah. And then the first two games you play aren't even the real story. It's the third game. That's the real story. Well, I don't want to say it's not the real story. <sighs> it's just, just Revelations is how the story is supposed to go. Yeah, you couldn't get that until you bought one of the other. That two. was trash. You had to spend like seventy dollars on that. Man, they knew they were gonna get y'all money. <sighs> they got my money, but never. Well, I can't say never again because they're coming out with a new uh, Fire Emblem game, Three Houses. I mentioned you bought. Um, I bought two of them. You bought what was that? Warriors. Whoa, 
That's different. That's it's not even, really not. That's on a different console, first of all. Anywho, <laughs> I mean, it's not because it's on the 3DS as well. But we ain't is it? Yes. Oh, I forgot. I never played the one on 3DS. Good. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Something. Oh wow! I forgot. Oh yeah, that was. Wow! Look what I, my mind. So you. I guess it's not that different after all. Oh wow! I forgot all about the 3DS version of that game. So one of my favorite games was uh bravely second because screw bravely default part one yes we ain't got time to be doing the same scenario four times four who has time who has the time and once i realized that that's what i had to do i I took i took a breath i took the game back (laughs) and i watched the ending on youtube (laughs) and i had my you raggedy bitch moment But then I came from that to Bravely Second. Much better game, in my opinion. I need to play Bravely Second. I still haven't played it yet. It's a great game. I, I suggest it to many. You as well. And uh that game is a meme. Yeah, I remember you said that when you were playing it. That was just very meme-heavy and very, like, pop culture. And yes. Stuff. The game is a meme. I don't understand how we got here. The ending is a meme. <laughs> I did. What it was... What what do I do with this? You enjoy it with the ride, and I did. That's Don't the, lie. That's the important I part. Very much did. I I implore people to play that game because it is a great game. I think that the 3ds like the last vanguard of like traditional handhelds too, because we the last other really handheld that was out was like the Vita, and that had a slow death. <laughs> <laughs> like I still stand strong uh, that the Vita was a really good console. Just the fact oh, that yeah. they, they just did really, they just did so many things wrong. Like it was just so much wrong. Like not releasing games. Like that was so stupid. If you look at the release, la- the launch, uh, not the launch, the release dates for Japan versus America. Man, there's a gap in between. They're still making games for the th- the, the Vita. It's like a Japan. novel versus a short story. <laughs> Pretty much. And it's like seeing the 3DS still thrive was really nice, but I mean now we know that the the Switch is the de facto like handheld slash hybrid console right I'll now. Hail the Switch. So Switch gang. I think the 3DS will be like a time capsule right now when you think about it. It's like the last real like. And you know handheld. what's what I like about the 3DS, right? Mm-hmm. You could pick one up today and have such a wonderful library of games. So many, and it's not like that crazy expensive either. Like the 2DS XL, that's, that is the one I would tell people to buy if you really wanted to check out what the 3DS has to offer today. You can still play DS games too. Uh, don't call him on that because I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure you can still play DS games on it. Um, you know what? You're right. That'd just be a little stretch, but who cares? Yeah. Um, I would say get that. I would say get the 2DS XL because, um, I think it's the cheapest. I want to say it's like only 120. You talking the one with the um the the detachable um face plates? Yes. Yeah, that that one. And the screen's huge. Like it's a tinier one, but the screen's still really big, which is nice. I still have that one. I'm gonna be using that to play Persona Q. Yeah, right now it's a, it's 150 bucks. It's not bad. That's not bad at all. And there's so many games too to go through. Like the the library for the 3s was really good. So, like if you want a traditional experience with this thing. You can't go wrong. If you really want the new Nintendo 3DS XL, you can get one for 200. 
That's not bad either. It's Especially not. for what, because I think it's huge. Yeah. It's pretty big. Oh, this is kind of sad. This is like the end of an era. This like this might be the final like handheld console that we're gonna get. Probably like a just a straightforward like a proper, like a proper straightforward handheld console. Like this, this is gonna be the last one probably. Oh, that's sad. Will we have any more Game Boys anymore? I don't know, man. I don't think so. It ain't looking good. It's really nice. I feel like they're gonna re. I feel like they're gonna like relaunch the Switch very soon with a new version of it. That's uh, gonna, the the Switch Mini Pro, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna make it one and make it smaller, and like the screen could still be big. Which but is stupid. <laughs> Why is it stupid? Why do you want a smaller one? Because it's easier to fit in your pocket. Okay, I guess. People like putting it in their pockets. I mean, just put it in your backpack. What if you don't have a backpack with you? You're a millennial. You have a backpack. As true as that may be, because most people do walk around with backpacks nowadays. Still, what if you have a purse? You want to put your 3DS in there? Do you see the size of purses these days? Everybody ain't got no big purse. Look, I don't sympathize with y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not the one looking for options for y'all. Y'all either gonna get a backpack and carry this thing, which ain't heavy, or y'all just not gonna have it with you on the go. I'm sorry. Well, the fun part about that is that it is both a handheld and it is of a home console. So yes. So as long as you go into a friend's house with a dock, you just slide it in there. Boom. You Can we get a better dock though? Well, well, y'all, because I, I already fixed my dock problem. I mean, leave it to go to Etsy if you want a better dock. Yeah. Or if you're a purist who just has to have that big hunk of plastic, that I thing mean, is trash. That thing is garbage. It's so hollow. It's it's so much wasted space, and they want like eighty bucks for it. Yeah, I love my um enclosure. I I bought and put the stuff in there and fixed that because that it made my experience with my three my uh, switch so much better. Eighty dollars for that. I, I can travel now with it. I can put it in there. So good. Do you think they're going to port anything else from the 3DS to the Switch? I guess the only thing that's wrong with porting it over from the 3DS to the Switch, right? And I I think that the biggest, I, I guess, example would be The World Ends With You. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of those games were made with two screens in mind. Uh. And yeah, the Switch has a touch screen fascinating i know because who uses that it does yes the switch has a touch screen i didn't even know that yes how did i been using this thing for this long (laughs) because no game really has you using it i I don't know snipper clips does it or what i think they're like really joy con based or okay but the point is it has a touch screen fascinating but one of the things that's wrong is that it doesn't exactly work the way you would like it to that sounds counterintuitive. It it really is, especially. I mean, we already have the problem that people think that the switch is a little awkward to hold sometimes for long periods of play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I'm fine with it, but you know, I'm adjustable like that. I've been playing handheld for the longest. <laughs> That's because you've had all the experience for all those years. I have, man, from the Game Boy to the Advance to the two to the DS to the 3DS. Even the Vita and the PSP, all them handhelds. I even had an Engage for a while. You had an Engage? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You think you know somebody? I mean, who had an Engage? <laughs> <laughs> Me? 
huh? You think you know somebody until they tell you how they engage. Wow. Huh. Look at that. Yeah, fun fact. That is a super fun fact. Wow. It wasn't the greatest experience, but it was an experience. <laughs> you had your taco and you was able to take the get the battery out to put the caves in. Yeah, <laughs> it was a process. That was such a failed system. Who thought it's a cell phone and it's a console? They even had a game gear. That thing I was, want a Game Gear that still. Was ahead of its time. I want a Game Gear still to this day. I'm Just gonna buy, go buy one. I don't want to spend sixty dollars on a Game Gear though. Is it sixty now? Like a lot of places are selling it for like sixty Man, for a working one. If you don't buy a goddamn Game Gear, I don't really need it for anything besides for just vanity purposes. Anywho, 3ds. Great, great time. I, I've enjoyed my time on 3DS. I'm still going to enjoy it when I finally play the last game, which is Persona of Q. That's such a good way to go out, though, to RPG. Like, I'm so glad that's going to be the last game. I'm really considering going to go and buy another one. Well, you got, like, what, between now and June? So, you got time. Yeah, I'm sure I could put away 100 and... Let's see, the game's probably going to be 40. Yeah, the game's 40. So, it's like 200 bucks. I can put aside 200 bucks by then. Yeah, because I know the special edition is going to be 60, I think 60 or 70. I'm buying a special edition because I need that puppy. I need the plush. Oh, Coromaru? Yeah, I need that. Man. Need that. Like, that's need a that dog. Need that. So, that's all you, man. I, I need that. Because if I bought it, I would just kick it. <sighs> You're awful. I don't like Coromaru. <sighs> he was not very great in my squad. Oh, uh, well, that's understandable. We're here to talk about Activision Blizzard's layoffs. And how stupid they are. Now the new reports have come out about it being stupider than they expected it to be before. Yeah, make no mistake. I'm not laughing because I think the layoffs are funny. I'm laughing because Activision are idiots. Yeah, they thought that by doing this would help the company more, which is actually the complete opposite. They already knew it beforehand. But let's just dive into the actual topic then. Oh, Bobby Kotick, you piece of garbage. Uh, Trash, complete trash. So... Activision Blizzard a few weeks ago decided they were going to cut 8% of their staff, which is roughly 800 workers from their entire, like, company. And this mm-hmm. included different portions of the company, too. Like, the little smaller companies had, like, the same, lay- well, they had the same layoffs, but they had layoffs, too. So, it all totals about 800 people. Mm-hmm. This involved a lot of the little tiny companies, a lot of little, little, um, what are the, what the companies called? Subsidiaries? Yeah, subsidiaries. They got layoffs, too. And certain divisions, like the esports division. Yeah, completely cut. Like, just done. Like, you gotta get out of here. Shwing. And yeah, it was pretty awful. It was pretty disgusting to see it on Twitter because it was like it had no type of like remorse about what they were doing. And it was kind of nice to see a lot of other companies were saying, Hey guys, we have openings here and we have openings there. So it was nice that people actually care. A lot of people on my timeline were pretty much like talking about it for like a while because it was pretty heavy. <sighs> And this only hurts the job space because now you're flooding people, 800 people within an already crowded job market of people trying to make video games. You're flooding the job market. You're ruining lives. Yeah. You are doing more damage as well because, uh, (laughs) Activision is very short sighted. It seems extremely. Because all these layoffs, well, they might not have been as helpful as they hoped. Not at all. Uh, there's actually an article that came out today from um, GameBiz saying that the 800 layoffs were negatively impact their, or could negatively impact the business. 
So, how could it negatively impact the business, you ask? Well, for one, morale. The probably the biggest one. Yeah, because now the rest of the people who have their jobs don't know how long they're going to have their jobs. And for, like, retention, and too, or trying to, like, actually go about getting new people to work there, it's going to be hard. Because, like, okay, you just laid off people. Why do I work for your company? Yeah. So you have like that confidence, like that company confidence is kind of down too. Right. You already have a company like EA who will chop off an entire subsidiary because they didn't make uh, 10 billion. They just made 9 billion. Oh God. You know, they'll just chop them off even though they make great games like Dead Space 1 and 2. <sighs> Sorry. But yeah, you got that. And then you have the fact that now you have to pay each of those 800 employees severance packages. Yep. Which, which to- costs money. It costs around $150 million. And this is pre-tax restructuring, too. So this is a lot of money they have to pay out. Yeah. It's almost as if that was a stupid thing to do. And it would cost you more to do that than to keep them. I think the worst part about this is that they made their record-breaking year last year. This is the most they've ever made ever since they've been a company. But that wasn't enough for investors. Yeah, I think they've grown over like what? So they, I think they, they think they maxed. But the first time they hit like a ten billion was like a few years ago, and now they had sixty billion. Yep. So it's like they've grown so much to where they can't like continue to sustain that amount of money they're trying to make every yeah. year. Mostly because the way they made money. You know, through loot boxes and whatnot. Yeah. All those microtransactions. Shady, shady. Have negative connotation now, especially since some places outlaw them. Yep. Was it Belgium that's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no? Oh, Belgium is. <laughs> it was like, nah, uh-uh. We yeah, thought they were slick. Nah. We're done here. We're, we're done with that whole thing. And don't they have, like, not have a lot of, like, new games come out this year, too? Mm-hmm. Like, so they have, of course, whatever new Call of Duty is coming out. Okay. They have Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Okay. Um, they have the Crash Team Racing remake. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. So they're making on like what five games? Total, like not even five games. Basically, for the whole year to be profitable. Let's that's see. that's crazy talk. About the, I don't know if, um. I don't know if Blizzard's got... Well, I mean, they may have... Uh, what is that? Well, Diablo Immortal. Because <laughs> you need to have a phone to play that. It's mandatory. <laughs> if you don't have a phone, why are you even... <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing, dude? I mean, but surely you guys have phones. <laughs> oh, that will still be one of my favorite things of last year. Would have to be that, that... Oh, that was so good. But, I mean, surely you all have phones. I mean, come on. Do you think that had anything to do with um the layoffs? How poorly that was received? Probably. I, feel like that, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause I know like there was definitely some backlash from that. I'm sure like stocks went down. I mean, there's no way and there's no possible way that didn't have a negative effect on the company. Oh, oh, of course it did. I remember seeing a big dip after, uh, that whole thing happened. And then they had the press conference where they asked about the monetization because that's important. And they're like, oh, we want to make a good game first. And that's BS because typically when they make these things, they know exactly what they're going of to course. do. Of course. They know that like in the first few months of how they're going to monetize it, especially when it comes to games like, you know, EA and Activision, those type of companies that know what they're going to do as far as monetization. Cause they got to focus, they got to forecast the money first. So I want to just throw out that when you go to Activision's website, 
and you go to the coming soon tab, there are only two games here. Yikes. Now, of course, this is also because, well, the Call of Duty game probably hasn't even been named yet. Yeah. And the Modern Warfare 2 game is in speculations. They haven't officially announced it to my knowledge. So, yeah, they only have two games, one of which I want to buy, but me supporting Activision. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give Sekiro a wait because... Me too. I want to love this game. It looks amazing. I am surprised they're making it. But (laughs) Activision. Yes. I am going to wait out for that one because I'm not trusting of them at all. And Crash Team Racing, I want to jump on this game and love it to death. And it makes me think maybe they'll be right by it because, I mean, the last two remakes they made weren't that bad even though spiral two and three was kind of a travesty but hey they were playable and didn't have microtransactions i mean thank god for that (laughs) we're in an age where if a game doesn't have microtransactions and a lot of dlc that's a good thing honestly they easily could have done that to spiral two and three because of the character money bags who's like hey you gotta cough up gems if you want to if you want to cross they could have easily put in gym packs. Oh, God. Because uh, we also know they like to retroactively add their uh, microtransactions, a la Modern Warfare. So, you know, that's a thing they like to do. I just love how this whole Planet Cut the People was supposed to help the company, and then they knew before they even did it that there was no evidence to support that it would help the company. And now they're like, oh, well, this is probably going to affect us negatively after the fact it's like why'd you do it then like what was the point this is what we call panicking ladies and gentlemen yeah like it's so bad and now you got all these people gonna be like why would i want to work for them why would i want to invest in them why would i want to do business with them because i know they're gonna do stupid stuff like that that's stupid that's literally like i'm not even like a financial major i have a degree in business but i know stuff that looks stupid and that's stupid yeah now let's also remember that they've gone through, what, three CFOs? No, two of them. They got a new one now. Now, we also have to remember that for taking this job, Mr. Dennis Durkin. Yeah, Dennis Durkin got an extra $15 million just for accepting this job. That's a lot of money. I don't know how much he's making. I don't really care how much he's making. I'm tired of looking at these dizzying numbers. Okay? <laughs> dizzying is a good way to say Because these people make money hand over fist. So much so that Mr. Bobby Kotick was put onto the 100 most overpaid CEOs along with uh, EA's corporate um, CEO. Yikes. I'm looking at this now. This looks disgusting. What? This list. <laughs> Are the 100 most overpaid CEOs? Yes. There's a PDF. <laughs> Yuck. This is gross. This yeah. is capitalism. In a, this is capitalism. This is capitalism at work. This is capitalism working as intended. Ugh. Oh, just reading this makes my makes my stomach hurt. <sighs> yeah, man. I don't like this at all. I'm not this. I gotta take this PDF off. I mean, I'm interested because I, I like to know about stuff like this. But at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, this is gross. Like, how much money does one person need? They they want to really spend all the money that they make in the lifetime or two lifetimes. 
the mo- you- the money that they make is is absurd. I feel like if you take one percent of all these people's earnings, the world itself would just be a better place. Oh, definitely. We can do so much money. We can do so much with the amount of money we can get from just for one percent of it. Bobby Kotick, I can't believe he still has a job, honestly, because he made such a decision to cut these people during the year he made the most money. Yet the decision was made to help the company. You know, they knew before even doing it that it wasn't going to help or had any type of evidence to support that it would help the company. And actually, it probably would be more detrimental anyway. He still did it, and they let it happen. Like, like that's that has to be a board that that helps you know do this type of. There stuff. There is a whole board of governors. Who are these board of governors people? What are they doing? Just sitting like, man, it's cool, whatever. Better them than us. <laughs> like, cause I know about the whole, like, I do know about board of governors. They're definitely the people who make much of the decisions when it comes to like companies and stuff. The CEO's kind of like just there, really. Like, he does make decisions, but like, they have to be like completely unanimous or like they have to come to a conclusion about what they do moving forward. So if the board of governors just let this happen, like, they just is dumb too. They just sat there and was like, you know what? This isn't a bad idea, even though we don't know if it's going to be good either, but you know, let's just do it. Let's go with it. Like he's a con man, like honestly, like that's all he is. He's a high paid con man. For the record, while I don't think this is in numerical order, he is number forty five on set list that we mentioned earlier. So apparently in his pay, right, he gets him <clears throat> twenty eight million. $698,375 a year. Wow. A year? A year. For what? And the excess that, you know, is calculated here is $12,835,277. That's dizzying numbers. And don't they get like, they get stocks and stuff, extra like assets. Stock options, bonuses, all that stuff. They get so much money. Like why? And the company's doing not as great as it should. And you made this such a bonehead decision to cut people. Like I know if I was like, if I worked for EA and I saw that they was like, oh, this may not be good for the company, I would just be sitting there just upset. Like you cut my job and you didn't even, it didn't even help the company either. Like I know it sucks that my job is gone, but you cut it for no reason at all. And that's oh, stupid. Like, cause usually people who, some people can be like, oh, okay, you know, it's business as usual. Some people, some people don't have the same, like, you know, emotional attachments to stuff as other people do. So there's all those people out there who probably did work for EA who got cut. Like, you know what? That's just business as usual. I find a new job. But to know that they job got cut and didn't help. It was like, why do it in the first place? I think he probably pocketed some money, but then you have to pay all those people out the money anyway for severances. So it's like, what was the point? This is so pointless and stupid. And I don't got like three games coming out. Like, where, where are I get this money now? They better hope these games sell millions, man. Sekiro's not selling millions. Like, it might sell. What was the projections are for that game? It's coming out soon, doesn't it? I would like to know that. That's actually. a good question. You know what? Look up and see if we have any uh, projections. Because I really want to know how much that game's supposed to sell. Because yeah, this part could be something stupid. Let's see what they're gonna they like. Think. This game needs to sell ten million. <laughs> I'm gonna die laughing. Like you making a game like that and think it's gonna sell ten million? Like, come on now. Like, hopefully, it got like maybe like three million would probably be a good. I think that would think three million would probably be a good number. Let's see what they think. God, uh, I'm so scared to see. What they think the projections are for Sekiro. It's not a Call of Duty game, so. 
maybe they have like maybe the expectations aren't like out of this world. You know what? I would like to believe that. I would like to believe that Activision is being very reasonable about this, but this is Activision. Yeah, they just did the most bonehead move by cutting people for no reason, so. Let's see. Just release. Um, oh. Okay. So my Reddit's unhappy with how Sekiro isn't getting much press. It's really not, honestly. I think Let's the last see, thing they, I saw. They are adding online multiplayer. Good. That's good. Thank God. I can't find anything as far as sales expectations, though. It might come out after the game comes out. Yeah, I could see that. So what would you say? What would just for your rough estimate? What do you think they might? What do you think they think they're gonna sell? I think they think they're gonna sell like five million. Honestly, man, I think they're gonna go like like seven or eight. Cause it's just like they have to, they can't be that stupid to think that. I should hope they're not that stupid (laughs) to to think that this will sell like more than five million copies. I'm going with a I'm going with them projecting this game's going to sell seven to eight million. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. You got like no faith in them, man. I do not. And I don't blame you. I have zero faith in them. I don't blame you at all. I think they're going to sell. I think, I think the actual game's going to sell about like four. At max, four or five, 4.5, I think, would be a good number. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, because we're also going off the fact that people know that this is a Dark Souls-esque game. Yeah. But I don't trust Activision to actually make real realistic projections. Who's working at this company when it comes to finance, though? Like, for real? Like, who no, is- I think the bigger question is how much they think Crash Team Racing is going to sell. Yikes. It's gonna sell the same amount as uh, Mario Kart 8. (laughs) (laughs) We want this game to sell 10 million copies. We don't see that happening actually, but that's what they want to sell. It's like, I think a lot of people who are in the game space, who work in these places, are just not gamers. They don't have a good sense of what gaming does, they just have a sense of how business works. And while that's true, you can take some type of things from business. Like an entrepreneurship and all that stuff and those type of practices and apply it. Everything doesn't apply though because video games are so unpredictable as far as like sales and stuff like that. It doesn't always go exactly how you plan to. You know, I mean, Crash Bandicoot did pretty well. They passed 10 million sales. Oh, that's good. So, you know, that's good. That is good actually. So, you know, maybe. It's not so bad, you know. Who knows? I don't know. I just don't. I just think that people who work at these companies don't have any sense of how video games work. They just they understand how business works. They think, oh well, I was in the business. I used to sell cars. I sold these things, so it's just pretty much do the same thing, right? No, gamers are fickle-minded people. They will literally not buy a game because of a costume, or they will not buy a game because they feel like their uh, their gender is attacked. Exactly. So with those type of like things there you can't always know how much something's gonna sell all the time like there's so many extraneous details and like unforeseen circumstances that will cause people not to want to purchase a game so it's uh, it's just it's just dumb yeah to try to predict the game's market is who you can't just do that man and they really try with their tactics like well we're only gonna give people review copies but we're not going to let you guys put the review up until the day it's out. Oh, Stuff like yes. That. 
embargoes and all that. Oh, uh, yes, the embargoes. Ooh, doggy. <laughs> and of course, there are some companies that don't give review copies out to people they can't trust to give them a good review. Oh, yes, because they're all like, you know, they're wild card. They don't know if they're going to actually like, you know, be super happy and positive about their game, even if the game sucks. Right. They will give you a copy if they feel like you'll soften the blow a bit and maybe, you know, tone it back some. But I doubt that if we went to Activision and was like, hey, can we get a review copy of Sekiro that they'd give us one? Because... Well, we're not exactly, you know, easy to predict. We're really not. Like, if I like a game, I'll tell you I like a game. If I hate the game, I'll tell you I hate the game. And if it's from, like, a big AAA, puh, the kid glove comes off. Now, I won't tell you how much I hate the game because (laughs) Michael tells me I have to be nice and cordial. (laughs) But... (laughs) I love when you say it like that. I I call all the shame. That's cool. (laughs) Look, y'all... From Anthony to you guys, right? <laughs> We're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna step off topic a bit. Look, that's fine. When I speak negatively about some games, <laughs> I'm speaking professionally. <laughs> I'm not speaking the way I feel about a game because Michael refuses to let me. You know, you guys sometimes gotta pull it back some. Like. So, what was that game? What's What's that game? I hate Omen of Sorrow. There we go. That game. <laughs> I sounded like I just kind of didn't like it. No, that game is bile. <laughs> that game is nothing short of sludge as a video game. Wow. I despise that game. <laughs> that game causes me physical illness. <laughs> I hate that game. The game is trash, garbage, toxic. <laughs> toxic, really? It is just, a, oh, God. I hate that game. Okay. But I couldn't say that because apparently that's bad. Yes, that's unprofessional. That's not good critiquing. Use your words. And I did. (laughs) Those are not the words you should be using. Apparently not. So just know. He's holding back on his reviews every single time just about guys. Like, maybe we should do like an unedited reviews of stuff. That'd be a cool like Patreon if we actually have patrons. Like the unedited versions of reviews where we just go in. You know what? <laughs> I wanna, be- you know what? That's an idea. Honestly, I'm I'm thinking about just doing it for the people anyway. The unedited versions of reviews. Man, I might actually utilize my channel or something. <laughs> I want to hear Anthony after dark. <laughs> just subscribe to my channel. This uh Supervillain three sixty at YouTube, you know. Whatever. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. Same thing. The super villain. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Okay. So back to EA and this whole layoff stuff. Um, they suck. They've always sucked. They're going to continue to suck. And this whole thing sucks because they didn't even know if this is going to help. Yeah, that's like the worst part about that. I mean, we originally talked about this. We didn't, they didn't have this new story, but this new story just makes this whole thing even more asinine now. Like, I, I didn't think it was going to get you more stupid, but... Like, did no one crunch the numbers? No. Did no one think ahead? No. Or were they just like, oh, the risk is fine. We'll make it up somehow. I mean, the whole purpose of you doing that is to save money, not spend more money, I guess. But I guess you got to spend money to make money, but not when you're, like, costing your company at the expense of doing it. Like, it's... Ugh. So, and here's the things, right? They only got two games coming out. And as far as Blizzard is concerned, 
Overwatch is is starting to lose popularity. World of Warcraft is in a weird spot that I've seen Reddit threads where people really don't like that game right now. Yikes. Hearthstone, uh, that's in an interesting spot. I don't think that's in a very good spot either. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but, you know, who knows? We got the new Diablo coming out, though. So. I mean, Diablo I actually out. went to Blizzard's site. Diablo Immortal actually has its own page right now. Yes! Uh, let's see. I, I don't know what's going on with StarCraft. I'm not even going to pretend to know. I know what's going on with StarCraft. Um, oh, Heroes of the Storm. Poor game. That game just didn't Pete. deserve what it got. It really didn't. Just cutting the whole esports division was like, yoink! We need this money. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just going to do some restructuring. This restructuring plan was trash. Whoever devised this plan needs to get fired, but they probably won't. So this is probably done by the CFO. Yeah, the, the chief financial officer is a person probably in charge of like this type of thing who should be crunching the numbers or having somebody crunch numbers for him. And whoever crunched the numbers and was, was, oh God, like who's working at this play? Like I love when I open up the games tab on Blizzard's site, you see the Blizzard games first and the Activision games next. So we got Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Warcraft 3 Reforged, Diablo Immortal, Diablo 3, StarCraft 2, StarCraft Remastered, Activision, Call of Duty, Black Ops 4, and Destiny 2. Yikes. Now, mind you, <laughs> Destiny 2 isn't even theirs anymore. It's not. Didn't they lose that to um, BioWare? So we can just pretend that's not even theirs. <laughs> it's got one game. No, there. they lost it to Bungie. Yeah, Bungie. That's what it Bungie okay. took their stuff back. <laughs> they took their ball and said, we're going home. I mean, it made sense. Shout outs to Bungie. I hope you guys did great things because you guys yes. deserve it. Yes, yes, Destiny yes. was such a good idea and Activision just had ruined to make it. it bad. This is what happens when you get those big companies. You know, we should do a podcast on that. How big publishers ruin comp- ruin uh, games for like um, developers. Yeah, because games like um, Destiny could have been great. Anthem could have been great. Um, the Batman Arkham Knight could have been a bunch better. Oh my God. Don't even start. <laughs> Um, we can go on about games that could have been great, that should have been great, but developers had to get their grubby, not, I'm sorry, publishers, publishers had to get their ugly hands and twisted and put in a second character in a game that's supposed to be about isolation and fear of the unknown by yourself. You suck, you're talking about Dead Space too. Sorry. I feel all of that. I felt all of that. Sorry. Then they close the studio. It's like, why would you? We was that EA? Yeah, EA did. Yeah. Um, yeah, you bought a studio because they made a really good game. You messed up the game twice, and then you was like, you know what? We're gonna close the studio. Like that's just infuriating. Like why? You could left them alone. Or how about what they did to Titanfall? Right? Yikes! They put it in between their own game <laughs> and Call of Duty, and it was like, who would who who was gonna play it then? Who is going to play Titanfall in that situation? And I love that game. That's like top five favorite shooters of all time for me. I love Titanfall 2. EA just ruined everything. <sighs> I hate EA. I hate them so much. You got the audacity to have a, a career page. I'm about to read some of this. They real rude for this. Hell, even Ubisoft ain't. Well, let's talk about them for a second. 
how they just make every game a sandbox. Like literally every game is a sandbox that they come out with. Except like the Nintendo one where Nintendo had to make sure it was good before they, you know, published that. But Assassin's Creed sandbox, Far Cry sandbox, The Division sandbox. Uh, I think they came out with some, I think it's Ghost Recon sandbox. Rainbow Six Siege is in the sandbox and, um, for honor, I almost forgot about that game. That's not a sandbox, but I mean, sandboxes are their bread and butter. And they always got to have their special editions, like six of them per game. Yuck. Ugh. Of course, I'm being hyperbolic, but you know. Of course. And, uh, poof. That can ruin some games, man. Now, some games are okay and are, I guess, maybe sometimes better for the experience. Like, um, I will say Assassin's Creed Odyssey was not a bad game. I still want to play that. Now, am I going to finish it? Probably not. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on in that game. I want to play that. It's I was a really little interested. overwhelming. I was interested when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, this looks like something that would be cool if it was Prince of Persia, but I guess I'll play it. Well, I mean, I got the game for like $3, so I was like, sure, why not? Well, don't get rid of it. I actually want to play it still. Or right. I'll, I'll buy it off of you one day or something. All right, know. well... It'll be there. Okay, because I want to play that still. Cause but, I have- man, there's a lot going on in that game. <sighs> I think that when it comes to like, AAA developers and AAA publishers, I think that they don't understand. They're so focused on making money to where they're, it's costing them big time when it comes to like quality of games have gone down since then. They're so focused on trying to make these low live services to make so much more money. It's just... They're taking away what the whole spirit of video games used to be, which is making great game experiences, and they're just losing that now. And the value of games are just going down and down and down. People are privy to the fact that games aren't complete. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, unfortunately, have gotten into the mindset that they know that when they buy a game, it's not finished. So they don't even try to critique it anymore. And I think that's unfair to the game. If I buy a game for $60... Then I want a game that's worth sixty dollars. Yeah, I want a sixty dollars experience, pretty much. Because sixty dollars a triple A—that's a triple A price, honestly. Or at least like that's like, you know, I even thought about that, like how triple A games are. Because remember back in the day, they actually were like tiers of games where it's like stuff that was like fifty bucks. We you know it was like triple A games and stuff like thirty nine was like a little bit like the company wasn't as big, and then they were twenty nine was a little bit less. Like now, everybody's at sixty. Yeah. You got some indie games coming out of the 60 more, yeah. more often than not because they got scooped up by a uh, a publisher. Yeah, and they want their money back. So it's like, yeah, 60 bucks, please. So, And what I hate about the $60 price tag is that if you try and look for games below that, right, you start to get this idea that maybe it's not as premium as a game that is $60, which... Sometimes that's just not true. <laughs> really not. <laughs> you can find good games for $5. Yes. $10, $15. Yes. The indie, the indie market. space, man. That's the, that's the future. I'm telling you, the indie space is great. Hell, even the, I guess what we'll call the double A space is great where games like, uh, Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice kind of radiate over. Yeah. That's not an indie game per se, no. but it's not a triple A game. That's not a triple A game. If they sold it for sixty, it uh, no, no, that's a lie. It's not long enough, I guess. That that depends on what you call worth it. Yeah, but 
At this price point, I think you're getting quite a bit. I think that's like the, I think the game knew exactly what was the perfect price point for it. Mm-hmm. I think pricing is definitely a big thing too. Yeah, because some people like to think in their heads that $60 means premium, means good, means great. When I pay fifteen dollars for the game that I shill until the day that I'm done shilling <laughs> it, which ain't come. You damn right, I'm talking about Hollow Knight. <laughs> I'm gonna take every chance I get to talk about Hollow Knight. Why ain't you playing it? Play Hollow Knight, y'all. Fifteen bucks. It's on sale right now. At PSN for seven forty nine. You got no excuse. Play Hollow Knight. Thank you for that, Anthony. You're quite welcome. Cause you are the biggest, though, no, between you and Callie, y'all are both, shout out to Neko Callie. She is like the super biggest Hollow Knight shield of all time. I'm surprised she didn't do the cosplay of that stuff yet. She wants to do a cosplay of Hornet and I totally support it. I support it too. That'd be cute. Even though Hornet's an asshole. Did you play it though? Exactly. And I'm gonna play her, and I'm gonna play her game when they come out. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's more Hollow Knight. Uh, so you have any final thoughts about this travesty of garbage that happened with Activision Blizzard? Activision, uh, they've already made it impossible for me to like them, which really sucks because they gave me such good games, man. Like the Crash Team Racing game, I want it so bad, but it, it, I'm just so tentative with my wallet because I know it's Activision. I really want to know what they're going to do to the game. I hate this this idea that now we have to kind of just hold our wallets to our to our chest because we don't trust these people anymore. Yeah. And I think that the trust between the consumer and these companies is important because of cases like this. Like if company if, if they were like a good company, even a halfway decent company that's just made some mistakes. If they were like, "All right, check this out. Crash Team Racing. I'm slamming my $40 down and that's the end of it. <laughs> but now I'm thinking, do I really want to give them this money? Because who knows what they're going to do to it. I was pretty tentative buying the uh, Spiral collection. And I probably should have been because they screwed up Spiral 2 and 3. But, you know, that's that's for people who've played the original ones. If yeah. you haven't before, it's fine. It's playable, mostly. And, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but, Jesus Christ. Can we investigate Bobby Kotick. Man, we need to. Can we just be like, you He's know what? We indicted. should look into what he... I don't know about all that. I just think that he should take a severe pay cut. I think he's up to something. Something ain't right. Something is fishy going on at Activision Blizzard. I think there needs to be something done about the way that company is and who's running these things. Because oh, yeah. clearly, they are not doing a very good job. If they need an actual guide on how to run a company better, just look at Nintendo. Because, you know, Mr. Iwata was like, you know what? Instead of me laying off people, let me just take a hit from my own, like, salary. So people will be have confidence in the company still. And it worked. And I really feel like, yeah, it has. Because um Nintendo's running their money. Like, yeah. <laughs> like. Cause it allowed them to say, okay, we're in a, we're in a good space. Let's, cause you can't be creative if you're thinking about your job every day. Like video games is a creative space ultimately. And if your whole thing is your mind's consumed with, man, I'm going to have a job next day. I'm going to have a job next month. How are you going to be creative and make some cool stuff? Which is why water did the great thing. And I think it was him and, um, Miyamoto actually took a pay cut too in order to like circumvent. I think it was for the Wii U not selling. Was it the GameCube? I want to say it was the Wii U. 
not 100% sure. But it was one of those games. Yeah. Um, I know the Wii U was one of those sales. It was yeah. One of those things. And they took a cut. So it wouldn't lay people off. And look what happened. We got the switch out of that. They were able, like, you know, we need to make, we need to make a really good thing. So let's just put our heads together and create something incredible. And they did. They created probably one of the greatest consoles ever come out in the last 20 years. Now, I, I just, this is such a screwed up situation, man. It is. Some of these companies really need to be looked into. We need to stop doing things like giving people tax breaks so they don't pay taxes. Oh, God. The tax breaks on these companies is gross. But the fact that they make this much money for their mistakes is absurd. Very. And I want to leave it at the very fundamental business that, you know, the, huh, sorry. The very fundamental business idea that for some reason the games industry just doesn't uphold. Many companies don't uphold, but the games industry is what we're talking about right now. If the cost of business for you is too high, then you don't deserve to be in business. What? If it costs you too much to be in business, then you shouldn't be in business. <laughs> a wild ride? This is going to be a ride. And you know... <laughs> This isn't something I take immense pleasure in. Lies. <laughs> Just enough. Because in the, at the end of the day, this means less games, or maybe, I don't know, maybe the, the downfall of games is a little hyperbolic, but what are we talking about today? Well, the games market could be on the decline. For the first time since 95. Now, the numbers may not seem meteoric or catastrophic or anything like that. But to know that this industry that has been topping Hollywood for years, so much so that a video game right now is the best-selling piece of media, is now on the decline. What is that? Michael? Well, according to Bloomberg and a report that came out from an independent research uh, firm, there's a couple of factors that fall into this. One being China's has stricter was approvals for games now. Yeah, they they are very keen on letting just anything into their country. Who's yeah, that? I mean, we all saw the bootleg games that come out or the bootleg console they come out with. Um, we also see that there's a fatigue amongst players in just overall in just the gaming sphere. Like people are just not buying as many games they used to. Like, and it's probably why GameStop's hurting so bad. Well, I mean, they're not buying as many games as they used to because, well, there's not a whole lot of games you really want to buy as much as you, there used to be. Yeah. And also, you know, the battle royale thing is definitely damper everything. Like people are just like <laughs> over it. Like, do we have another Battle Royale mode in this game? Like, please stop. Please. It was cute at first, and now it's like, everybody jumping on the bandwagon, and it's just, like, kind of obnoxious. How many games have you heard of just recently that have Royale? Oh, God. Like, I think they just released some game on PSN with Royale in the name. It's, I'm over it. Like, the whole Battle Royale genre is just like, oh, my God. Like, make That's it stop. Please, make it stop. Just, why would you do that? Why would you even do that? Why would you? Why would you? Oh my god, you stress me out. I <laughs> <laughs> You're stressing me out. I was, uh, whoa! All right, ah, here we go. <laughs> wow. We got H1Z1. I remember that one. Player unknown battleground. Uh, the one game of nobody course. plays. Of course, we have the Titan Fortnite. We got uh, Blackouts Four. 
Uh-huh. We got uh Realm Royale. That's uh that's a game that came out. <laughs> Rules of Survival. That's cute. Island of Nine. The Culling. That's that's not a bad name for a battle royale game. Knives Out Tokyo Royale. That's terrible. Dying Light Bad Blood. Okay. Rapture Rejects. <laughs> that's terrible. Fear the Wolves. That's not terrible. Titanfall's gonna be making one soon. That's that that should be interesting. I want to see how they actually come out with that. I do too, because I love Titanfall. The, I do. The calling is such a good name, though. Yeah. Then they came up with the color too, which is terrible. Oh, well, yeah. There's that. So you know. So when you have like industry, like financial companies coming out with their own independent research, telling you this is going to be a thing, and it's going to continue to have an effect on the on the whole like the genre and the industry for the next two years, that's bad. Because that can only make it only get worse from there, honestly. That's just an estimation. It depends on, like, they need more blockbuster games. That's another thing that was a part of the report. They said there weren't a whole bunch of blockbuster games coming out last year either. Yeah, because, you know, we don't like things like single-player experiences or anything like that. No, nah, we like, we want our games and services and, you know, DLC and, you know, uh, Star Wars from EA? Who would want that? Who wants that? A single player Star Wars game? Believe in my lifetime that they can't get that whole Star Wars thing right to save life. I don't understand why you just don't make a single player Star Wars game. It would be great. That's all. They've like, only put out two, two Star Wars games. <sighs> two. Ever since they've had the license. And one of the, well, they were both kind of garbage. Yeah. Ain't it have to be? They ain't All they had to do was copy paste the formula that was there. Yeah, pretty much. Just make it pretty. That's it. They would have loved it. I would have probably bought it. I would have bought it. Star Wars deserves better. It does. It really does. But then you got Activision. They scared to put out games now. They over here <laughs> cutting back money. They telling Blizzard, all right, you all can't even have this league for that one game. Um, Heroes of the Storm. That's done. We need to save money. <laughs> that's Despite bummy. the fact that we keep giving our executive bonuses. That's that's bummy. We need to save money. Hoard all the money. Um, I don't think Ubisoft's coming out with anything huge either. I don't think they um, are either. I know they're coming out with some. I don't know if that's an expansion or some kind of spinoff from Far Cry Five or something. Of course, they're probably going to come out with some new Assassin's Creed game. Of course, of course. I think the last one was pretty good. I, yeah, I heard nothing. Good, I heard nothing bad about the. It wasn't um, bad. I didn't hate it. It's just, uh, just kind of there. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's an annual game. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit better. I, I, I'll, I'll say it's better than the Assassin's Creed games I've played previously. Yeah, I actually, I just actually gave that game a shot. That's but um, all the big companies aren't coming up with anything huge. I mean. <laughs> And that's why their stocks are falling. Activision got hurt after Bungie left. After EA shut down their latest Star Wars game, they're pretty much looked at as an investment that people shouldn't even get into unless you want a quick buck. I think they're so wrapped up and concerned about their shareholders to where they're not making conscious decisions that would make them money. They look at the, okay, look at this spreadsheet. Okay, this sector made money. Let's keep doing a whole bunch of that. And that's it. You know what's funny? What? In the shareholders report about EA, one of the things they listed as a reason why we shouldn't get into EA 
they said was because they lost player trust. <laughs> How- I found that to be so amazing. That's ironic. That's the irony in that. That, that irony was powerful. You all did so much, so much to make sure the shareholders were happy. And they were like, but are you all keeping the fans happy? What? That's an interesting concept there. They were just like, oh my God. We, we didn't keep them happy. No, no, you didn't. Ugh. It was actually pretty amazing. Like, I, I didn't think that that was going to, uh, oof. I think, oh, I could put Square Enix in that same category too, because they definitely lost a lot of money with, well, they contributed to buying that studio for no apparent reason. They ain't make nothing. Look. Like, why would you buy a studio and not make anything and expect to make money? That's dub. Think it's Luminous Studio, some crap they bought like the year before and they ain't do nothing with it and they wonder why they lost like $33 million and last, oh gosh, so stupid. Oh yeah, I have the, uh, the shareholders report right here. Of course as, you do. Uh, the of summary, course you do. The summary as to why, uh, <laughs> EA is, uh, being looked at as a uh, bad investment. A significant profit source for EA is quickly being declared illegal around the world. <laughs> Shout out to loot boxes. Yes! EA's customer neglect is driving Yo. down demand for its games, leading to heavy discounting for many of its new releases. Yo! Player neglect? I.E. Yo. Battlefield 5? Yo! Remember, if you don't like it, don't buy it. <laughs> yes! Or uh, Battle... Yeah, that was Battlefield. Battlefront? I get those super. Yo! Neglect? That was the word they chose? Neglect. That is so good. Whoever wrote the report needs a raise and a vacation. Let's see. EA's mismanagement of valuable IP causing significant shareholder value destruction. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Causing significant shareholder value destruction. Wow, this verbiage is, this is incredible. Like, who wrote this? Insiders are selling stock heavily. Why would they do that if they believe the price appreciation is likely? Oof. And EA should be avoided, though if it appreciates significantly, it may make for a good short. Wow. Who wrote that? This was on Seeking Alpha. That's so good. Pretty much everything that made EA bad was pretty much put in that uh, shareholders thing. Yo, they, that was a whole read. That was like sophistication, business jargon, like company, corporate shade. And I'm always here for that. Like that was a whole per my last email type. <laughs> oh God, that was good. That was good. That was a good read. I, I appreciate that. That, 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 that made my whole like mood change. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> that Very was, glad. that was, it was so loud. It was rude too. They pretty much said, y'all don't know how to use your IPs right. <laughs> and just so, just so everybody knows, the title of this report is Avoid EA. The fun is about to end. Yikes. You know, it's sad. The fact that EA is so heavily, like, they have such a big market share of the gaming industry to where when they do bad, you know, a lot of things are starting to be bad all around. Like they're like the, they're kind of like the, um, the litmus test for the whole industry. Yeah, because they're so big. They're really, they have such a huge, like, chunk of the game industry. Man. Mismanaged IPs, though? 
Oof. <laughs> that that cut that cut deep. And I'm not even a big EA. I'm not even an EA person. I'm like, ooh, what they say about my favorite company? Like you mismanaging IPs. What's what's the company you want? Uh, you know, we don't look up Square. Yeah, Square is like the biggest JR. They're like one of the biggest Japanese companies. So I don't think they're gonna have those. Um, oh, not gonna alpha. You know what? Point is, oof. Pretty much oof. Like that's well, yikes. This Magic IPs just makes my heart sing because that because tells it's me true. that tells me that they understand that they haven't been doing well with the games they have under their library. You see how they screwed up the Sims, where they released Sims Four as a bare bones product, and then release everything else that makes the Sims good as DLC packs. Oh God, Sim City. So I forget that how that couldn't be offline, but then they made an offline mod and it ran fine. Um, they're one of the companies that won't let go of DRM, even though we have. We gotta get rid of that. that. DRM doesn't work. Oh my god, we gotta get rid of that. We gotta get away from DRM at this point. Like we are too far removed from that. One of their best IPs in Battlefield was oof, Battlefield Five. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that is a case on how not to release a game. We did a whole episode about that. Cause it was just that bad. It really was. It was off. It was great to talk about though. Uh, Battlefront one came out unfinished and they even admitted that it was unfinished and they rushed it out so it can come out with the Force Awakens. Oh my god. And, um, well, you all saw what happened to Battlefront two. Yeah. And amidst all that, they still had their sports titles with their loot boxes. Which are now illegal in Belgium after they had to cave and be like, okay, Belgium, you can take our loot boxes. <laughs> you don't agree and we'll continue to look into the interpretation of the law that you guys have said, but that's fine. Huh. Um, I had a question for it earlier. I think I lost it, but it's something on the range on the lines of, huh, it was about how a lot of these super big companies, like, okay, it was my question. Like, why is it that these big, oh, well, actually, I know the answer it already. It's shareholders. They're the reason why you're doing this. Uh, what? All this monetization and screwing over the player? Like, I feel like they're making decisions that aren't making them money at the end of the day. Because these are people who don't play games, making for people who play games, but want to make money for people who also don't play games. That's, okay, that makes so much sense, because it just makes, I don't understand how people who have no passion for this, I mean, I see because if you're a venture capitalist and you just want to put money in places and make money, it makes sense, but they're not making decisions that would be conducive of making money. Like, that's stupid. If your whole sole purpose is to make money, why would you make decisions that don't make you money? Let's Let's put some things in perspective, right? Mm-hmm. When the games industry first started, it wasn't nearly this big. Not even close. I would say the games industry started really picking up around the PS2, PS3 era. Yep. Around that middle ground. PS2 was huge. People loved that console. People will call it the best console of all time. It's one of the best. It's, it's, it's top five. Yeah, definitely top five. And the PS3 uh, 360 era was one of the longest eras of gaming we ever had. And it gave a lot of time for developers and publishers to really build up gaming as a medium. Of course, we also have the PC crowd, but I'm not really part of that crowd, so I don't want to speak for them. Y'all got this. <laughs> I don't hate you, I just don't know you. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And of course, as it built up more and more, and of course, we also had handheld, handheld game because, you know, yeah. Nintendo had that on lock. Lock and key. I mean, Sony the tried. P- right. The PSP was a great contender, but then it got hacked. Whew. Jesus. And, Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> and, and yeah, you could say the 3DS got hacked too, but I feel like character loyalty is greater for Nintendo. I feel like more people are willing to buy their games. Yeah. I think the people, the amount of people actually, okay, it was a problem. The amount of people who play PSPs were really tech savvy. Yeah. That was the issue. The most people who buy Nintendo products are not tech savvy enough to hack it. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the reason why that happened. Cause, Cause man. It was real easy, man. You used to get chicken on there. Man. Oh, God. PSP. There you go. Yeah. Moving on. So after gaming blows up, we get to the era of so many bad practices. The season passed. The, um, That's what got to that digital era. Yeah, the day one DLC. Oof. The cosmetic DLC. The game altering DLC. Um, pre-order bonuses. Unfinished yeah. games at launch. Unfinished games at launch that you can patch later. Yeah. Thankfully, we uh pushed back against stupid things like augment your pre-order. That was so stupid. However, we did not push back hard enough because of, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. We didn't push back hard enough because early access for, for release is still a thing. Yeah. However, we did show that power is in the player's hands. And gradually over time, I feel like that power was slowly taken away. But then we took it back again because Mass Effect 3, people were so mad at that game, they changed the ending. Pretty pretty milestone stuff. Pretty awesome, actually. And so we go into the PS4 era, and we still have the season pass. We still have the pre-order bonuses. We still have the bad DLC practices. But now we have loot boxes. And loot boxes was another time where players were like, all right, y'all going too far because of EA. People were so okay with loot boxes. People were like, hey, you know, it's just cosmetic stuff. You know, you don't have to do it. You can get them in-game. It's fine. It's cool. But then EA screwed it up for everybody. For everybody. Everybody? Everybody. <laughs> and it's, it's just been such a ride since gaming became a huge medium. But along the way, I feel like there was always ways that people wanted to cut corners, to make more profit. They wanted to monetize everything. They wanted to say that games are too expensive to make. That's oh my go-to. god, I Games hate that. And, and I've scratched the idea that if you are spending too much money to stay in business, then you don't deserve to be in the business. Yeah. If you can't manage money, which is one of the cornerstones of business, then you don't need to be in business. Like, I understand that you need to make a profit. However, it's never been at the expense of the people buying your product. Besides, who sold you all the games that need to cost $20 million to make? When half the money is spent on marketing! Oh, some of you guys still suck at. Right? God. And like, then, and then, you get these games out, and they sell like 3 million copies. That's bad. Yep, they get those reports. Yeah, undersold. We, we, we kind of projected to sell 10 million, only sold 7. Like, <sighs> underperformance in the games industry is such a joke. Because you guys will see one game push like all the copies. Every single copy. They just push them all out. And you think every game is supposed to do that. And that's why things like um, 
like same day reviews come out, right? Yep. Oh man, review and embargoes. Those review funny. embargoes are great because they really think they're gonna stop anything. Yeah, but that's just real bad about it. They're like, man, you don't put out a review until the day the game comes out. A lot of review. Well, let's see. For the, for our purposes and the people that we work with as part of companies, majority of them try to give us at least a week before. Yep. Because they're a little bit more lenient. Now there are sometimes where them like they be like, oh yeah. The day of, you can't come out with this review, which I'm always like, that's kind of sketchy. Yeah. That's always sketchy. So, like one of our, our biggest helpers out, uh, Nis, they say they have it out the day, the week before. As yeah. As long as you have it out then, that's fine. Yeah. And that's plenty of time for people to watch reviews and be like, oh, I want this game. Oh, I don't really like this game. Yeah. Or at least sometimes, well, sometimes they do say, um, day of the game come out. I've seen a couple of those too. I'm like, oh, okay, y'all got y'all. But I think a lot of the time it has something to do with more so um, the developer. Yeah, might be having a little thing to do with that. So they're probably afraid it's not going to sell well if they like have reviews that aren't good. So, and that's just like having really bad confidence in your product. Yes, because if your game is good, people are going to buy it. Like that's just the longest story of it. No review is going to stop somebody from from like buying this game if it's bad. Like if the game is great. Great, but if it's not that great, people are gonna find out anyway because, to be honest, reviews don't really sell games. It's really so much like word of mouth is way more powerful. Yeah, because we are in an era where we know that game journalism is a joke. Yeah. Let's take our good old pals at IGN. Yay, I remember that. So, we are at a day today, current year, where <laughs> they had a plagiarist in their ranks for a long time for quite some time no one found out about this they put out reviews that are debunked quite easily they put out videos that are quickly debunked one of the videos that made some people may not have seen was six characters of smash ultimate that are too good oh god now that video was quickly removed for good reason what characters on that list um there's some people who mirrored the video right now or at least have responses to the video, so we can watch that later. Okay. But there's that. There's them um, giving games bad scores because they think it's too hard. Look at the Ace Combat review for further, you know. Ugh, IGN. IGN. IGN is a very special case. Ah, the latest one was uh, the Resident Evil 2 review. People were like, yeah, they didn't really play the game. Because they were wrong about how you get the second campaign. Because they were like, it was too complicated, it was too weird, and it was hidden behind stuff. And it was like, you guys didn't play the game. <laughs> oh, integrity. Oh, it's such a lovely thing. And now we we got Eurogamer coming out, and they're talking about how, I guess, social justice is more their platform than game journalism. We already know about Polygon and Kotaku. We don't need to talk them to death. It's Especially Polygon. Yeah. We already know Mm -hmm. that there are a platform that is so much more concerned with social political issues than gaming. And they take it to such an extreme that it's cringy. It's, it's, it's kind of like y'all really need something to do. Is it cringy? It's kind of, some of that stuff they say is really cringy. Some of it, it could be important to some people. I don't really know. I don't really care. But some of the stuff they say, Like how Far Cry 5 was bad because it wasn't political enough. I think it's kind of cringy. Like, why did we need, why, why did it need to be super political? Well, because they kind of advertise it to be political, though. 
I mean, you were killing like, what was it, ultra conservative Christians or something? I mean, I don't, I may have vague memories of that whole rollout for that game, but I remember that being a selling point for that game was the fact that these like extremist Christian like cultures almost it felt like in that game. I don't know, man. I I, I don't think that's something you should strike the game down for, though. I mean, if that's the whole. I mean, it just depends on what the intent of the game was, too. If the intent of the game was to be political, and it just wasn't that political, then I can see why that'd be the criticism. But if that wasn't the intent, then I don't think that should be really be that much of a criticism. I think at that point, it's like them projecting what they want the game to be at that yeah, point. That's what I think Polygon does a lot of projecting and uh, like picking at really, really small things. Did they make the article about that uh that part of that game from Valkyria Chronicles? I believe so. About that girl's butt. I believe so. I mean, I got it, but I mean, uh, that's another subject in itself. We are yeah, talking about that anyway. I'm, I'm not about to talk about Polygon to death. Um, so do you think that now we're in an era where people are way more self-aware about games? So remember back in the day, we saw a game, like, you just go, you can go off of, like, maybe the back of the game, like, the little screenshots and maybe some mm, stuff. The blurbs. The blurbs they had in the uh, magazine, and you have to just go on a limb and spend 50 bucks on the game that could personally be crappy, whereas now... We're so inundated with information to where we can see the game. We can like almost touch it sometimes. And sometimes know it'll be streamed. It'll be, oh God, streaming has, de- I think streaming has definitely been a gift and a curse for the gaming industry. Because on one hand, if the game is amazing. It'll be projected to the entire world. But if the game is awful, it just shows how awful the game is to other people. So I think that might be another reason why. We've seen this downturn in like revenue. Yeah, I. Because <laughs> I mean, can you think of a game where you heard it was trash? You decided not to even go up. I know one. What was it? Dark Siders Three. Because you were super hyped for that game. I watched at least five videos because I I try to keep maybe five or ten around the video game I'm really hyped for because I know that I was a person who gets swept up in hype real easily, and I still kind of am. What you working but, on that? But I will do research. And oh dear, I think oh, no. I think my last one was Dynasty Warriors Nine. Shout to Jim Sterling for alerting me to that game being trash because I could have easily bought that. game. I was so ready for new Dynasty Warriors, and God, that game is so bad. It's like, why did you do this to my beloved franchise? And of course, they're streaming again. Yeah. Back to I'm sorry, not not to. Not to get away from people who make videos for streaming, right? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to see something. There was something that happened that I think publishers try to do that I think is the is the worst thing. They try to make their own sponsor streams for games. Ew. Uh, yeah, they do it a lot. Um, Twitch is pretty full of that stuff, actually, where developers will sponsor a stream and um, it'll show off a game. They pick and choose some, I guess, moderately popular streamers I, I i forget what they call it like it, it's some kind of list but they give you a, a game they say play it play two hours showcase it talk about it, as long as you don't bash the crap out of it so basically game influencers are used as marketing tools to yes. be hmm. and one of the absolute worst ones which is consequently my favorite is uh rick and morty and logic Yikes! Playing Fallout seventy six. Oh my! You in this goddamn game? Yeah, you knew. I was gonna How did we get back? T- we have come full circle. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, so much. 
Oh, you talking about this goddamn game? You haven't even played. And I won't at this rate. <laughs> Keep talking about it though. Michael, it's a great case study. Of oh my games. god, you talk about this game more than any other game ever. Even the games you like, you don't talk about as much as this game. Because they don't do as much as this game does. <laughs> I can't. We still talk about this game today. Okay, what do we got? Where are we at today now? What's the new thing? How they keep breaking the game with old things. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but this isn't what that's about. Okay, so what Even though it? it's part of maybe why the dust ain't doing so great. Yeah. And hurting customer confidence. Yeah. Um. Oh my God! I, I just thought of another thought, but I'll wait till after you're done. Oh, go ahead. So E3 is like another big factor too, because E3 is kind of like the shareholders. This, to be honest, for everybody out there, for all sorts of purposes, E3 is not for the public really. E3 is about shareholders and getting people interested in it, so the shareholders are like, oh, okay, they're gonna make a lot of money this year, so we can put money into them. This E3 better be amazing. It has to be. But even a lot of people aren't even going to be there. I think Sony's not going to be there this year. I mean, what else they got to do? Well, they got to work on that new PlayStation 5. Yeah. They need time to do that. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, I think Sony's done enough where it's like they, their shareholders are pretty happy. Yeah, they are. Like, that, what else? Well, Kingdom Hearts 3 is a thing now. Yeah. So God. they can't make Kingdom Hearts 3 presentation featuring other games. I'm just, just, E3 used to be such a big deal. And that's now a part of like, cause a lot of companies lose out money from E3, honestly, more than they actually make money from it. And then, we're at the point where people will leak stuff for what E3 is. Yep. <laughs> put out trailers and stuff, and it won't even be a surprise. Yep. Yeah, we're in a day and age of information, and you gotta have information quickly and fast and stuff, because if you don't, and y'all better keep a tight lip in that company because there's always going to be that one that's like, man, I got this file. I got this. It it's fire. Way. It's fire, Kotaku. Man. I got it. Man. <laughs> hey, man, call up Jason Schreier right quick. Right? <laughs> call up my dude, Jason. Like, I right, check this out, man. They're going to monetize this game like this, this, and that, man. You just got to put up an article. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, uh, do you think gay journalism has something to do with this downturn of like game? Revenue? Maybe at one point, but I don't think games journalism has the strength that it had at one point, because I think confidence in games journalism is at a, at a low. All time ho. Okay. Maybe people who don't get themselves deep and entrenched in the games industry are people who are like still reading that stuff, but people like you and I, right? Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're not gonna look for good opinions in places like Kotaku. Nah, I got my places I go to, for exactly. my opinion. We, we have places that are more alt-game journalism, yeah, I'm calling. But they're... the big names? Man, I'm not going to GameSpot for... No, of course, why? For, for <laughs> nuanced and <laughs> concise <laughs> opinion on the game. Yikes, he what? said nuanced and concise. Let's what? go. And, and, oh, IGN. We, we've said enough. We said plenty for IGN. And Polygon? If I want a gender study, I will okay. Go you to- you you need to really chill on that. Look, as uh, as I the just, as- I just want them to not be so ready to make everything an issue that isn't one. As uh, as the resident SJW on this show, I have to. I mean, that's su- you, man. It is me. It's, it's definitely me. I, I I be feeling some of the stuff they be saying because not in the way they present it, but some of the issues that they do present 
okay, here's my thing. I feel like some of the issues they do present do need to be talked about because if we want this industry and this genre to be taken seriously as a genre, as we do music and entertainment and all that stuff, we need to talk about things that aren't exactly just graphics. See, and-, and see, that stuff I get. But Polygon is the type of people who will be like, is Street Fighter racist? Yes! <laughs> I mean, they are caricatures. We've even discussed that before. We're not doing this one. We, we, you agree to it already. Like, we, you've already said that it's a caricature. Like, you said not representation. Like, you're not getting representation from playing Street Fire. You're getting caricatures of what people think they look like. It's the Japanese people thinking, oh, that's American. Ah. This went away. <laughs> it did. Um, let's take it back real quick because we go on a real tangent, but that's fine. People come to us for tangents. Um, do you think the industry can continue to thrive and survive under these conditions it's in currently? Nope. So you think it's going to implode? Like, I, if they continue on, right, where we keep on seeing phrases like player neglect <laughs> so from good. these companies. So good. And you can find it all over the place. Yeah. I've been neglected from Capcom right now. Capcom's neglecting us. Even though they're, I mean, the, the fighting game people. The fighting game people, like, I think people who play, uh, Monster Hunter don't feel neglected. Monster Hunter people, they straight. People who love Resident Evil, they good. People um, like DMC are just overjoyed right now. And they, they, well, can't, no, cause they got that, 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 um, loot boxes coming out for that game, so. Whoa, what? You hear about the loot boxes in Dope May Cry 5? Oh yeah, they, they're putting them in there. What? Because they, I know that they were talking about selling red ore packs and stuff. Uh huh. But loot boxes? I believe they have loot boxes in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check this to make sure, but. I don't like that. But I'm, I'm very certain that that was the thing. Let me just. Let me, let me do my due diligence. But, uh, yeah. Activision's, Activision's full of it. Ubisoft. Well, when it comes to games like The Division and stuff, where, <laughs> I don't know if you know about uh Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was a whole, like, what was that? Was that a Division promo? Pretty sure that was a Division I think, promo. I think so. Oh, just to confirm, it's not loot boxes, it's microtransactions. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right, so we're back at the at the square where there's still garbage for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's another game I'm gonna have to watch for because uh I still want it though. So I bad. mean I still want it like, too. I so it's want Devil that game. May Cry. I want it too. Like they took things I liked about Devil May the DMC game that I liked as far as the photorealism. I think that was a really good choice making this game like that too. Oh, but that made DMC ugly. Dante looked like a mental patient. <laughs> he ugly. <laughs> that game was bad. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. We both love that game. Everyone could have, everyone. I don't love that game. It was bad. <laughs> Stop that it. game was garbage. Stop it. Well, not my Dante. Well, can I keep your copy forever then? With the copy that you had, obviously, that you don't like anymore because you thought it was bad. You just give it to me, you know, a person who likes it. Whoa. We getting into some weird places right now. <laughs> we get into some, some speculation. Spec- All right, well, I own copies of DMC for both the PS3 and the PS4. Look whoa, at me. Whoa, Look hey, at me go. Hey, yeah. Whoa, okay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what about that indie industry, though? 
<laughs> so yeah, do you think that's gonna be the remedy? Like their model, the way they do gaming is probably. You know, it's funny. Their their only thing they're doing is what they used to do back in yeah, the day. They, that's, they put out a game. You like the game. You buy the game. And then. What a wacky concept. If you, put, if you like it enough and have enough money, they make another one. What? Oh, what? And then another one. Just, oh they God. just keep making them. The more you buy them, the more they make them. It's like, <laughs> it's like a self-sustaining industry. Where if you buy a game and you like it, hell, they might even throw in DLC that is, that's separate from the game because the game's already complete. Let's, let's throw a dart at a game. Um, Shantae. Yep. Game's amazing, by the way. I love that game. Especially that, the the remake where it's like all hand drawn and stuff, Mm -hmm. man. Get that game. But it has DLC attached. Now, if you like the game, you'll probably buy that DLC. But if you don't like the game, you probably won't. And it'll still be fine because the game is finished. Yeah. I've not seen the patch for it yet, where it's like, oh yeah, we need to patch this part where Shantae kind of like floats in midair and just keeps floating and it's broken. We need to fix it. For my purposes of gaming, which is mostly RPGs, I think of Persona 5 first. Is, Persona, is Atlas considered AAA? Yeah, I think they're more in the, like the middle A. The, the double A. Yeah, I don't really think of them like AAA. Maybe now, after they made it big with Persona 5. That's true. Cause like, they had a whole bunch of DLC for that game, but it was nothing important. Like, you could play a game without DLC and that game would still be incredible. Um, to, to, uh, throw this out there. Uh, what is that game? Persona 5 Dancing All, Dancing Moon Starlight, right? Uh huh. The game has 56 pieces of DLC. And you don't have to buy none None of of it. it. None. You don't gotta buy none of it. You don't need it. All costumes! Some of which I'm gonna buy. Well, of course. And I think one of them is like a catchy, but I think he's free. Like some of that stuff is free too, because you know, giving away free stuff. What the what a wacky. Like, concept. could you imagine if Persona was how Square Enix did uh, Final Fantasy 15, where you had to like buy DLC packs to get extra content to understand the entire story, and it still wasn't finished? And they just dropped the game. Man, what if they had like one palace and then the last. <laughs> And every DLC <laughs> was, was a new, like, new was another palace. Yo, central to the game. That would be so OD if they had did that. Yo, and the game was already sixty dollars when it came out. Or <laughs> DLC social links. Yo, <laughs> max out your social link from the beginning of the game. Or you have like just your characters as social links, but if you want the higher font. Man, that's $2. Wow. You want the star personas, man? $2. I just think that it's really crazy to me that these companies don't see that the way they did gaming back in the day was probably the way they should do it now. And the fact that the indie market is doing it well, my dad, is just, it's, it's, it's so crazy, as you would say. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? It is quite insane. Cause like, I think of one of my favorite companies, Falcom. Like, they make complete games, no DLC, you get a hundred hours out of that stuff, and you're done. And mind you, another, and people are like, well, they don't sell as well as other games. And you know why that's okay? Because they don't pour as much money. They don't. They don't have to sell as much. They can survive being niche because I bet you they didn't pour 20 million into, into, uh, 
It, it's what what is this series called? Oh, Trails of Cold Steel. There we go. Trails of Cold Steel. No, I promise you, was not made with a twenty million dollar. You know budget. what? I think the entire franchise is probably twenty million at this point. But that's like nine games. Let's see, Persona Five. I would say that game was made with at most five million. I don't think that's a probably good number. Probably five. I would say five million. So if it sold a million copies, sixty dollars each. 60 million. Yeah. They have made their money 12 times over. Sounds about right if that's what the case would be. But I think it must have been good because they're definitely like happy about the way it sold. Oh, that was a good game. I just thought about it. I just thought about it. Thought about it. Um, Nier Armada, perfect example of this whole thing. Being in a space where you're AAA but you're still be able to do what you want, which I'm glad Screens did not monetize the crap out of that game. And they could have. They could have. And that but, game sold so well. Crap. Like that game sold so why can't they just do it with all their games? Like, or Octopath Traveler. Another one like that game sold so well it surprised them. Like what? This sold? Like what they were not prepared for how well that game was going to sell. It was a complete game like like the good old days. It was it was nostalgia. It was and everything. I don't think it has any micro I don't think it does either. Cause you don't need that stuff. What? If you make a great game, you don't need it. What a weird oh my god, it's like they it's like where where are we like in a bizarro world where up is down and down is up <sighs> but yeah i think that the indie market is something when you should i think the triple a gaming division should definitely look at the indie market and how they're doing games and probably try to replicate that especially since some of those games get so much more buzz someday so much more buzz jesus like- one of the games that just came out recently, Wargroove for the Switch. Oh, yeah! That game has so much buzz. It does. And, I, and all they had to say, it's a spiritual successor to Advance Wars. Done. Drop the mic. Yep. It's over. <laughs> it's over with. And, and you know, you could, it, it could be said that it's riding the coattails of a different game. But so what? Who cares? That game ain't coming out. <laughs> no Advance Wars for the Switch. <laughs> Might as well buy Wargroove. Yeah. I'm probably going to buy Wargroove. At some point. Maybe not now, but at some point. It's just weird to me that these companies can't see that there's value in making great games. They they put so much value into all these Large other stuff. Like, oh, oh my god, just make a game people want to buy and they'll buy it. It's really simple. It's so easy. Like these niche little companies and these small companies and these small games, like they're making their money back. And, and maybe not spend money on bad ventures. Yeah. On so much marketing. And maybe Oof. focus on making a good game. The amount of money put on marketing is ridiculous. Like, like Battlefront Two didn't have to be that. If y'all put as much resources into the game as y'all did into market, I don't know how y'all need to spend that much marketing for Star Wars. It's Star Wars. It's Star. Just put Star Wars video game on there. You can write that. You can literally get. Like a, you all had a whole freaking presentation, which was a lie, by the way. For what? For what? You can get a you can get a marker and a pen and a piece of paper and write Star Wars video game twenty to nineteen on that stick it somewhere. Be like, what is that new Star Wars game? And if you put in parentheses, no microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad that we're in the age where we have to put that in there. See, you know what? We're in an age where EA has to keep reiterating how Anthem doesn't have loot boxes for people to trust the game a little bit. We ain't gonna talk about Anthem and that, 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 that schedule for, um, for uh, access and stuff. That was stupid. 
Yeah, that that access chart was kind of dumb. No, uh, that's another reason why games ain't doing well because they don't know how to release it. We're at the point where people don't know how to release a game now. <laughs> like, okay, Wait, you, what? How was that even hard? Just put it out. We already got Ubisoft needing spreadsheets for what you get in what edition of a game. But now we need spreadsheets for when the game comes out. Now you're devaluing release dates. Yeah. Why would people have confidence in the gaming industry? Something as rock solid as a release date is now being under question. And it's not because of delays. If it was a delayed release date, we know about that. Yeah. Happens all the time. But the release date because you want to give other people preferential treatment so people use your stupid launcher on PC? Stupid. It's exhausting. Like, I'm fatigued now talking about this. I think we should wrap it up. Okay. Um, do you have any final thoughts? It is terrible. It is all, it is so bad. They are neglecting their fan base. Player neglect is real. It really is. Capcom's on that road right now with the, with the, uh, fighting game division. They need to fix that really quick. Cause that, that ain't good. That ain't it, chief. I asked the other chiefs, the chief executive officer. He said, nah. So. Yeah, man. <sighs> and, um, Battle Royale is dead. It's dead. You beat, it. you beat, you, it was, done. it died before it even started. You're done. <laughs> it right? was like, For, okay. Fortnite is a de facto Battle Royale game. We, to get on. You can't do better than Fortnite. They never will. You can't. That's, that's All it. Right? No more. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Like, I just want Treasure Cold Steel 3 to come out now. Cause like, I can't think of any like AAA RPGs I actually want right now. <sighs> why is it like this? Why, why are we in this era? I don't like this. But yes, I think indie games is the future. I think that might be the way to like, you know, it'd be funny if the indie games became like the major shareholders and the AAA games became like the like niche market. Which I think could happen if we that see it. Happen in the next few years. It could happen in the next few years because we're seeing way more blockbuster in indie games than we are seeing blockbuster AAA games. Man, this could be weird. We could be in a whole new nexus of like gaming. <sighs> All right, guys, what do you guys think about AAA games? You think we're gonna see more and more like diminishing returns on like AAA games and like low turnout from like blockbuster games and just like a whole overall like low period in like video game growth in the industry let us know on um, our Facebook or Twitter go to iTunes listen to iTunes please leave a, a, a rating and leave a comment so people know we're awesome and they'll see it and they're like oh cool a podcast about video games I want to listen to that um, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube. Can y'all know out. y'all got a Spotify. Yeah, Spotify is great. Go listen to us there. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to us, and we will see you next podcast. Essence Festival of Culture presented by Coca-Cola is back in the Crescent City. That's New Orleans, baby. June 30th through July 3rd. All your faves one amazing weekend. Kevin Hart, Janet Jackson, New Edition, Nicki Minaj, and more are hitting the stage. Plus, you know we're bringing the full Essence experience. Community, culture, connection. It's all yours at Hashtag Essence Fest. Sponsored in part by AT&T, Ford, McDonald's, Target, and United Healthcare. June 30th through July 3rd in New Orleans. Get your tickets now at EssenceFestival.com.